Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, my friends, welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce you to Jennifer Spivak. She is the CEO and founder of The Ad Girls, an all-female Facebook and Instagram advertising agency. Named a top Facebook ads manager to watch and called the conversion queen by Forbes, Jennifer is on a mission to help amplify women's voices in the world through the powerful medium of Facebook ads. She and her team have generated over $20 million for their hundreds of notable clients worldwide, such as Danielle Laporte, who Jennifer called the CIA of Facebook ads. I am so excited to have you here, Jennifer. We're going to talk about Facebook ads. We're also going to talk about your life, your history, how all of this came to be. I'm really excited about two of these things I'm reading in your bio. One, that all-female group uh, and the all-female agency and amplifying women's voices. I love what you're up to in the world. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how all of this did come to be. Where did, well, I want to say something. Um, I'm really interested in the world of advertising and Facebook ads. And it's not, I like marketing, like I'm really good with branding and marketing, but the ad part, like what we pay for advertising and how that world works. I'm very interested in that. How did you get into that? Um, I went to school for marketing and so, um, it kind of just happened. You know, I, I felt like it was something that I was good at when I was younger. I really wanted to be Oprah. And as I got older and I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen somehow, like marketing seems like (laughs) this natural, um, next step. And so it, it was something, um, that, you know, I went to school for and, and, you know, it was around, um, 2010, which we would call like the come up years of social media, so to speak, um, as I was really sort of, you know, leaving college and entering the workforce. And so um, I kind of uh, like jumped into Facebook ads as Facebook ads was becoming a thing. A lot of times people ask me where I learned it from. And it was like, well, there wasn't anywhere to learn it from at that time. We kind of just were all, you know, figuring it out and figuring out how to use um, this thing that was previously like a social network for college kids to actually make money for businesses. That's awesome. And very interesting. Cause, uh, at this point you've been doing it for 11 years. You were at the front of the wave. I would dare to call you an expert in the field. <laughs> yes. I'm definitely an OG. <laughs> yes. That is awesome. And so, um, but you have, you know, a lot of stuff in your background and I'd love for you to kind of share, Um, what you've been through on a personal note and where it got you in your personal life and then ultimately your business. Yeah. And I mean, all of this comes back to that, that thing that you touched on in the very beginning about, you know, having an all female team and, and really yes, Facebook ads, but, but with the purpose of amplifying women's voices in the world and um, really empowering women overall. And so all of this ties back to, um, also actually in 2010, um, when I found myself in a very dangerous relationship, physical abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, really just all of the things. Um, and I was, uh, living with this person at the time. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like the moral of the story, so to speak, is that, um, all things considering I was actually able to get out of that situation and move on with my life relatively easy, at least 
relatively easy compared to what is the reality for so many other women. And so I found myself, you know, a year out and really starting to recover and heal and and all of that. And um, I started getting involved in domestic violence advocacy work and volunteering with different organizations. And I, I started to notice, okay, it was odd how easy it was for me. Again, all things considering, right? It was terrible. And I got out and I moved on with my life. Um, yeah. Pretty quickly, pretty easily was in a new apartment. And a year later, it was like it hadn't happened. And so I was like, why, why was that true for me and not yeah. true for so many other women? And what I learned is that a big part of why everything turned out for me the way that it did was because I had access to money. So I had just happened to have a savings account that my abuser did not know about with $1,500 in it. And that $1,500 is what allowed me to, in secrecy, get a new apartment when I was leaving that situation. And so I wasn't faced with, among all the other conversations I was faced with at that moment, thinking about if I leave, where will I live? If I leave, do I have to go live in a shelter or on the streets or what's that all going to look like? That just it didn't have to be part of the conversation. And so I eventually learned that financial abuse is actually present in 99% of domestic violence relationships. And I think like as women, we all know the stats of, of how prevalent domestic violence is. And so knowing those stats, understanding that 99% of women facing this type of relationship were having this conversation of like, can I leave all based on finances, all based on potentially right in my situation, $1,500. It really landed for me that women having access to money and women women being financially empowered and financially autonomous actually is the difference between life and death at some level. And at a more basic level, at minimum, it means never needing to be beholden to anybody. And so armed with that information and armed with my marketing degree, my marketing know-how, I really you know, saw this sort of connection form of, hey, I actually can financially empower women to be in control of their finances, in control of their life, in control of their own growth through my marketing skills and through Facebook advertising. And so my agency and my vision was born. And um, you know, there's a couple of different touch points that we have that all tie back to this vision. So for one, we are an all-female team. Um, you know, we are financially empowering the women that we hire. During COVID, when people were struggling and losing their jobs, we were able to double our team in size. So that's one area in which we're financially empowering women. We also work primarily, though not exclusively, with um, female entrepreneurs as clients. And obviously, as we run their Facebook ads, we are not only generating revenue for them, but actually building a system for them that is specifically designed to put them in control of their own growth. Um, And then we also donate a percentage of all of our profits to an amazing organization called Free From, which actually very specifically, and it's the only organization I know that does this, they actually specifically deal with this financial abuse aspect of domestic violence. And they work on um, allowing survivors to achieve financial justice, to achieve financial autonomy after they leave that relationship. And so it's this sort of full circle, multiple touch points of really just At the end of the day, I say that my agency is here to put more money in the hands of more women. We just happen to use Facebook ads to do that. I absolutely love that. Um, There's so much beautiful stuff in what you said and so much truth. I, as a coach, I am often encountering women, uh, especially in the beginning of the work I was doing, or sometimes when I meet people in the beginning of their transformational journey, they are, uh, usually when I find them, they're going through that breakup or they've been through it, but lots of stories I've heard about 
I'll leave him when I get my tax return. I'll leave him once I get a job, right? And it's always after the fact or after the idea of getting money to do it when in fact it can be so challenging when you're in that position to create the money because you're already in that kind of situation that has you so disempowered and so defeated in so many ways. Absolutely. And I just really appreciate this perspective because I think unless you've been through it, you're mostly clueless to it. Yes, 100%. So with that being said, how did that go for you? So you had that 1500, which amazing, by the way, because it's fascinating how, depending on how long we've been in that relationship or uh, how deep we've gotten, you know, a lot of people don't have that one. And there's the emotional side of it. There's the codependency emotionally, not just financially, where it's like, we still have hope for the quality of the relationship or we still have, you know, I I like to refer specifically to some of my clients who are in these consistently, uh, they keep going back, right? I use like the term amnesia. It's like you have amnesia that you forget. Oh, when it's great, it's great. When it's bad, it's awful. But when it's great, we want to forget how awful it is. And um, what do you have to say about that part? Because I think there's a lot of people who feel it, but won't say that kind of stuff. You know, I feel like my situation, I I can only speak for myself personally, right? And I'm always really careful when I'm talking about this, that like, I am not a domestic violence expert and actually it would be dangerous for me to pose as such because I never know who's listening. And totally, it's such a delicate topic and subject. And the last thing we want to do is like have somebody recklessly make a decision to leave a dangerous situation without proper planning. And then God forbid it happens, right? Um, But in in my personal situation, I was, again, there were a couple of aspects that made me fortunate in quotations, right? All things considering Um, the relationship itself was only a year. Um, And, you know, I was also in, uh, in college during the time. So um, I had like, it was almost like he wasn't able to fully isolate me the way that he otherwise might. Um, because I was still sort of going to school and like almost like living this like normal, regular life in the daylight, so to speak. Um, and so I had those touch points with reality that I think allowed me to at least mentally be aware of like how bad things were getting. And it was really only for me bad, like truly bad for a period of about six months um, where eventually what ultimately ended up having me leave and almost like completely um, like emotionally disconnect. Like there was a point where I like emotionally completely disconnected and was not emotionally in that relationship anymore. And it was just like internally planning of how to leave this. And ultimately what that was for me was when I realized that, you know, he was going to potentially like impact my future. There were these moments of him like creating friction with the job that I was trying to get, for example. Right. So it'd be like these little things, Um, where I would say, okay, if he's just like doing whatever he's doing in the house and it's, you know, I can still go out in the world and create and, you know, graduate with a 4.0 and get a job and all that stuff, then like, fine. And once he was starting to actually impact those outside of the world things, there was something in me that just sort of like a flip, uh, a switch flip, said that backwards, a switch flip. And I kind of just like, almost like went into fight or flight, I guess, and felt like I had no choice, but to save myself. And at that moment, there was no longer a conversation about the relationship or anything like that. It was self-preservation above all else. I love that you're sharing your uh, personal story. And like you mentioned, how delicate the situation is and how 
unique and individualized because as you were sharing, I actually was recalling a relationship I had from college and what kept me tethered to reality because it happened to be the same year that I had knee surgery for the first time because of basketball. And I was in this relationship where like that isolation was occurring and that there was a lot of like mental games that really confused me because I'd never been in such a relationship before. And what kept me tethered to reality was that I was surrounded by enough community to realize this isn't right. And then this isn't what I want. I really resonate with what you're sharing and appreciate that. And once we're out of college or out in the world, especially if for whatever reason, the female isn't working, she now doesn't even have right? Like she doesn't even have like a a work environment and then let's involve kids and it becomes more isolating or complicated. So there is so many layers. It's so multifaceted. So I really appreciate that. And, and to anybody listening who, you know, even listening to your story, Jennifer had me looking at my own, like, wow, I have definitely had that experience. And so um, I think it's really important that just even us sharing our stories, awaken something in anybody. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so then um, what does it look like? Well, I want to ask, because I know you make donations to Free From, which thank you for that resource, because I can already imagine sharing it with a lot of people. And um, are you hiring women specifically who've been through domestic violence? Or is it more like there's that mission ingrained and you're focused on that ad part, like you have a background in advertising and that's the support structure? Yeah, it's, it's really more about the mission than anything. And again, I feel like my experience with domestic violence is what led me to this mission. But the mission actually, at the end of the day, is about so much more than that. Here's the thing. Anytime a woman is in any situation, this could even be with a business partner, doesn't, like a friend, doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. Anytime any woman is in any situation where she must shrink or adjust herself or accommodate in a way that like makes her uncomfortable and keeps her small, isn't what she would desire to do. And the reason that she must stay there is because of money. That to me is unacceptable. Domestic violence is the ember to the flame, so to speak, for my story. Yeah. It's become so much bigger. And again, that's why I always say, yes, it's, you know, having access to finances is a matter of life or death, but It also just means never needing to be beholden to anybody. Every single one of us knows a woman who's in a relationship with somebody where she's not happy. And maybe he's like a great guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not abusing her. It's just that like, she's not happy and she's staying there at some level because of finances. And I think that like, like I, like my, my soul hurts, like thinking about that. Um, And so it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's all women on this planet you know, we, we live inside of a patriarchal society. If we're going to affect any level of change, we must have access to money. Oh my gosh. Amen. And we're going <laughs> to pivot because I'm going to take us down a rabbit hole. <laughs> well, and I say it playfully and I love where you're going there anyways, because I hear you fully when we might not be leaving a career situation because of money that when really we're not happy and, um, that it takes a certain level of like courage and bravery. I am all for like sustainable success and making a, a smart transition. And sometimes it requires leaps of faith where we might not know where that money's coming from, but getting out is like you said, life or death or it's yeah. vital. Yes. And so I just love the way that you're empowering women with money in general and being agents of change 
period requires money. And I also, I wonder what you have to say about this is our relationship with money. Because for myself, I took on a lot of my inner work had to do with my direct relationship with money. Like rich people are jerks or greedy or rude or whatever. And then that if you want money, you're selfish or terrible and all these things when really money is yet one more tool. I look at it like my computer is a tool and nobody judges me for having a computer. Nobody shames me for having a computer, but this thing helps me deliver work in the world. Money is exactly that. It is a tool that helps me make a bigger impact with more people. And like you said, empower more people to do more wonderful things. Yeah. I've also done, um, a ton of money mindset work over the last um, 10 years or so. Um, And I really think that, um, you know, it's very interesting, right? Like encountering not just the stuff you were talking about, about like rich people are bad and like, it's bad to want money, but then there's like this extra layer of stuff as a woman. Right. And so even like actually the other, the other week I was having a conversation with somebody about, just some really exciting things that were happening in my business. And they were like, wow, it's like so great. You're going to be able to like, you know, help so many people. And I was like, yes. And I'm going to be making a lot of money. And they were like, yes. And you're also, and this is a man, by the way, and you're also going to be able to help so many people. Yes. And I am personally, (laughs) like like he couldn't accept that that was a thing that I was excited about. And I'm not saying it as the opposite of, right? Of course, I'm also doing great work, but like it's actually enough for me that I am personally someone who's very driven by money and like, I I want to be successful. I I want to have like true wealth. And like, that's almost, I'm almost like not supposed to be saying that. Like I'm not supposed to be talking about that. Yes. It has become a super important mission for me as well. And a lot of the wonderful women that I work with is to normalize the conversation around women and money and women desiring money and it being okay. And I really appreciate this conversation because what I noticed was it really became okay for me when I saw women I directly know doing that and having money and celebrating and showing it and sharing it. And when I saw women that were out of reach for me that I didn't know, I thought, well, that's celebrity status or of course, or whatever. But when I saw like the woman I went through a program with, or the woman I went through to school with making good money and being able to talk about it and share her wealth and her life. And obviously I can hear in you and I, I share a lot, like it's not about the material and it gets to be too. Yes. Right? Like it's really okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Like why, why can't it be all of the things like at the end of the day, like, okay. So I spend quite a bit of money and like keeping my apartment, just like a magical sanctuary. It's one of the things that I love to invest Amen. in. Thank like, you. Like super feng shui. Like, I mean, all of the things. Right. And so, yeah, I spend quite a bit of money. And it could like look materialistic and part of it is, and I like nice things. Hello, I'm a tourist. Like we love like beautiful. Um, (laughs) And because I produce in this space, right. This isn't just like where I sleep. This is literally where I like my work that then goes out into the world. The energy of the work that I put out in the world, the energy of the team that I'm building, the energy of the Facebook ads that we're creating for clients, like all of those things then like are infused with this beauty and pleasure and positivity and these good vibes and the feng shui and all of that. And it's all the things, it gets to be all of the things. Like, why do I have to pick between being a woman 
uh, you know, of service and being a woman who like really desires like fancy bougie things. <laughs> yes. I love it. And a word you were sharing was nourished. Like I heard mm-hmm. nourished, you know, and when word. I think about the quality of the content and the product you create is that it's nourished with your environment and your being. And I just, it's the law of attraction, right? Like you got to align the energy before you align the work always, Absolutely. every single time. Absolutely. Everything is energy. Yes. Yes. And so I would love to ask, you know, what would you share to, what would you share to our listeners who are beginning entrepreneurs, just getting started in their work and they are, you know, they have this wonderful mission on their heart, but they're struggling to get it off the ground. There's like the, the marketing part of me that like wants to answer that question in terms of like how to build a business and how to market it. But honestly, like looking back over the last, you know, eight years of my entrepreneurship journey, it really is the energy work and the mindset work that has made the biggest difference. Um, I, you know, will happily recommend like one of the, I think like sort of foundational programs that I did years ago that definitely relates to money and money mindset for women is Denise Duffield Thomas's money bootcamp. Um, something I did, you know, very early on in my journey and continue to go back to. And I think it's such a great um, foundational piece for women who are really just starting out and really wanting to play with this concept of like, actually, what does it mean to be a wealthy woman? And like, is that okay for me? And is that safe for me? Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that mindset work was the actual thing because a lot of us want to know, okay, they want to start with Facebook ads. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. If you don't have your, if you don't have it right, then you're just going to advertise something out of alignment and let's not go there. And so, um, I really appreciate that. And so Another question would be when in someone's business, are they really ready for Facebook ads? Great question. So um, something that we talk about quite frequently is this concept of a Facebook ad doesn't actually do anything. It's like, oh, what does that mean? Um, And so essentially like people love to put all of this pressure and like all of this weight on like, to your point, right? I'm going to turn on Facebook ads and then like, I'm going to have a seven figure business overnight. That's how it works, right? Like, isn't that what the experts have told me? And actually this is going, what I'm about to say is going to seem like an obvious, but people don't behave as though it isn't obvious. The fact of the matter is ads are a channel. They are a source of traffic. That is it. They literally are just putting more eyeballs on the foundation of the thing that you already have. And so if, for example, your offer has not been validated, if, for example, you do not understand the right messaging that essentially gets your audience to take action, if you do not have a validated funnel, if you do not have these basic foundational pieces, it does not matter if you throw a million dollars at Facebook ads. You're just going to get you know hundreds of millions of eyeballs on something that isn't actually designed to get people to spend money and then the whole thing breaks down. And so usually just like, you know, basic bullet points, I think unless you're at like, you know, you have to really break six figures before you should think about Facebook ads is honestly um, one of the things that we talk about a lot. While this isn't true across the board, I think like low six figures is where you can honestly say that your offer has been validated. Now, again, it depends obviously on price point, but for most people, until you've sold at least 100K of whatever your offer is, you can't truly say that it has been validated at like a you know wide enough scale that you understand the messaging, the offer and all of that stuff. Stuff. So you should, I think that like people should really focus on like getting their first six figures, very scrappy, just be scrappy AF and like figure it out and talk to people. Thank and, you. Oh. 
right? Learn all the things. Um, and then you can really start building those foundations, really landing and honing in on that, like aligned messaging, the right offer that gets people to say yes all of the time. And then really understanding the customer decision journey. You need to have a funnel that converts in place before you really start ramping up your Facebook ad spend. Otherwise, you're spending money to get eyeballs on something that can't actually generate revenue for you. I'm so grateful for you saying all of that because it's the truth. And first off, like the whole, I think I'd like to share a little bit of behind the scenes with our listeners is there, I've been in business for five years and not run Facebook ads. It's been scrappy AF, like you said, (laughs) and we, we made sure to build a system that works and it's working to the point where like we would be ready for Facebook ads and we're still refining our system to be able to support hundreds of people. And so as far as like integrity of your service as well is like, if you couldn't get a hundred clients today and serve them well, then you're not ready obviously for Facebook ads. And then the other thing, um, I just wanted to say like, thank you for the integrity of your business, because this is not about making the sale. It's about serving the client. And, you know, you serve in the coaching world and the coaching industry. And oftentimes within the coaching industry, I, I will refer to it as the wild, wild West. Like we do not have, (laughs) we do not have a governing body, uh, like, like therapy or, you know, just different or law. So anyone can call themselves a coach. And I think that a lot of times uh, people are getting sold on programs like the five steps of success kind of thing. And it's like, they buy it because they are are amped up, but yeah. they're not at the stage where that program would actually serve them. So I just really appreciate it because the truth about Facebook ads so much is it is not for someone who doesn't have a rock solid mission and funnel. Surely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I'm so grateful. Yeah. And, and, you know, yes, like to the integrity piece, of course, but the other side of it, and this is something that I've really had to learn and even further refine in transitioning from being an entrepreneur to the CEO of a team is that not only would it be out of integrity if we bring on clients who aren't ready, but actually it also like deeply hurts and negatively impacts my team for them to be working on projects that they actually yes. not set up to be able to get results on. And so beyond the integrity piece, as we've grown, I've even further refined, you know, I, I'm the one that does all the sales and I get excited about things very easily. It's genuine, right? It's not that it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's genuine where I'm like, I see the possibility here and I've had to add an extra layer of, okay, Yes, you see the possibility because you see the possibility in everything, but really, really, can your team get results for this client? Because if not, yes, the disservice to the client, but, you know, I have to think about my my team also, in fact, maybe above all else. And, you know, I want to make sure that they always feel really super empowered with clients that we actually can drive results for. I really love that. And, uh, it's kind of a side lesson, but I think it's really valuable. Cause I am like you, I see the possibility of everything I get on every new team call. And I'm like, you guys, new idea. And, yes. and so I am a visionary and there's yeah. this, I was taught about it through the book, entrepreneurial rocket fuel. I have not read it, but I, but I was taught the foundation yeah. of the concept we and follow EOS very closely at, um, at my agency. So we're very familiar. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes. And so like there's visionaries who can see the big picture and the whole thing. And then there's implementers and I very much the same. I have a team full of implementers and also some visionaries, which is awesome. 
But being able to articulate and bring that vision to the physical realm, to the ground floor, so that it, it is a system that can be applied and replicated. And um, with Hearts Unleashed, like we have support coaches who are able to make a living through our system, much like your offering is like these women can make money helping other women make money. Like that's the whole premise. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. It's amazing. I, I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous. And I know. I know that we have listeners, women and men who are very committed to helping others thrive and succeed through their story, much like you, much like myself. And so I so appreciate because it's like the epitome of being on Hearts Unleashed podcast is what you're doing and who you're being. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I want to, I really want to thank you for being here. And, uh, as we wrap up, I, I, Hope it's not a redundant question, but I want to ask, like, because we've been talking mostly professionally, but personally and professionally, what does it look like for Jennifer Spivak's heart to be unleashed? (laughs) I think that um, Jennifer Spivak's heart is unleashed all of the time, 24-7. You know, one of the things I say quite frequently is like, it's a joke. I'm like, it's a character flaw, but like, I actually don't know how to be anything else than like myself all of the time. And like, sometimes that gets me into trouble and you want to know what I actually don't care. Um, Existing as myself, honoring myself, serving myself first and foremost before literally everybody is what makes my heart just like ecstatic. And it then allows me to be in that position where I can obviously then be in contribution to the rest of the world. But um, through first serving and honoring Jennifer Spivak always. I am so grateful for you sharing it because man, the way we get to show up when we do that, like sometimes, and I'm willing to go there with clients is like, there's a little bit of convincing that has to happen. Like you, cause it has to be experiential. Once you experience taking care of yourself, it's there, there's almost no going back other than deconditioning, like the old patterns. But when you understand the power of truly taking care of yourself first, you could show up so powerfully with money for everyone to help everyone to do all the things and to make all the difference. And I really appreciate that share, Jennifer. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for being here. And where can everybody find you? Because I am guessing that when they're ready to do some Facebook ads, they'd love to work with you. Yeah. And so, you know, I obviously love to connect with anybody on Facebook or Instagram. You can just search for me, Jen Spivak. Um, And then our agency website is theadgirls.com. Perfect. Again, I'm not going to get over the ad girls or like the all women structure. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so thank you for who you are in the world. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's really beautiful. And I want to thank you, Hearts. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being who you are in the world. I hope that today's message and that Jen really supported you and you heard exactly what you needed to keep following your dreams and living your heart unleashed. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.